If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Along with our usual obscenity warning, we'd like to offer a content warning for this episode as Section 3 contains mentions of suicide. Please listen at your discretion. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm crying. I am also crying. I'm dead. I died. And I already cried. Today we are reading chapter 11 of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's get some real work done. Chapter 11 is a heavy one. It starts off super happy, and then it's like, oh no. Chapter 11 begins with everyone reading Elisa Pearl Drop's journal and finding out that she wanted to create some kind of new diet potion. She tried to make it resistant to willow bark tea. Yeah, she did that. (laughs) part Part of it was also you would drink it and it would make you lose your appetite because... That's how you diet. But knowing that there is magic and knowing more about what went into this potion helps a lot. The kind of mood and atmosphere in the greenhouse changes because suddenly there's a feeling that progress really is being made. One of the signs of this is that Briar drops a tray, Crane throw him out, and he's like, no, I need you. Go get some stuff. We'll clean this up. And when you get back, then you'll get back to work. Furthermore, they discovered the first key. They don't really go into details about what the keys are, but basically they've discovered kind of the first set of ingredients that are actually going to be helpful. Rosethorn, the next day, talks to Briar, says she's not feeling so hot, asks him to supply her with some magic. 
She also complains of a headache, says, "Eh, you know, I've been, you work at a desk all day staring through a lens and all this, you'll get a headache too. And she gets some tea from Osprey. But if Briar even thinks he's like, well, she also does all this work all the other time in blinding sunlight and she never complains of a headache. So it's really weird that she's in here and she has a headache when she never gets headaches. Yeah, he also realizes that she's thinner than usual. Yeah. And then when it comes to lunchtime, she doesn't want to eat. She's like, oh, I'm not hungry. Crane says, uh-uh, I don't care if you're hungry. You need to eat, dumbass. And then everyone realizes that the red spot on her forehead has changed to white. She has the blue pox and they figure out that she did it did get on her skin when the essence spilled on her but she has been able to hold it off with her magic until now lark goes to dedicate moonstream to ask for special permission to have rosethorn cared for at discipline in the time that all of this is happening rosethorn stays and continues to work on it and i believe they find the next two keys yes Mm -hmm. crane finds one and then rosethorn gives him it's just like Right, damn bitch. (laughs) Lark comes to pick her up and take her home, and she's like, One moment, take that crane, (laughs) kick me out, and I helped you out, bitch. Crane calls in Osprey, and he's like, Who's your best second? And she's like, Wait, wait, what? And he's like, I need you in here, so we're just gonna have to get somebody else out there. He's very displeased about this. And that is how the chapter ends. With him being drama, drama, drama. Drama. (laughs) Of course. So let us begin with section (laughs) 0.5. Tamara Pierce is a fucking prophetess. 0.75. What did you guys notice that just felt ultra real? It comes on that quick. You're fine one day and then can carry it for a couple of days without even knowing that you're sick. It's exactly what went down is she was able to fight off so much of it for so long. They're like, oh, yeah, no, she's fine. It's cool. Everything's cool. I got COVID and I was quarantined for almost a week before I got it. And I felt absolutely fine. And then I woke up in the middle of the night at like two in the morning and I just felt like garbage. That that, that was one of the reasons like when I had that scare, I literally came home, was home, was, it was my off or like, you know, I didn't have to go to bed right away. I was like, yeah. And then like within like an hour of me being home, I was throwing up. I was like dying. I was like, Oh no, 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 (laughs) no. Mine was, Actually, literally, that was just happening in Texas with the storm. Yeah. It was when Crane said the death of hundreds from a pursuit of wealth and a reluctance to spend. That really, thinking about just how bad the infrastructure is in Texas and how they were not prepared for this. How the same shit happened in 2014 and 2016 with the hurricanes. The power network shut down and they still refused to fix it. They didn't fix it. They didn't upgrade it. They've been doing the same shit for years so they can make more money off of the people in the state rather than just hooking up to the rest of the 
it is just a perpetuation to keep the poor people poor. That that is all this is. And that just rage. That's another thing that I felt like came up in this book because Crane says that and then Briar has the comment about only people who have money seem to think that it's not that important. And Tris points out she didn't seem to have a lot of money anyway. And I remember every time I read this book, I felt like it was unclear whether it was just that she was being stingy or if she really was too poor to pay for this fee to dispose of magic properly. I finally think I figured it out. And the answer is both. On some level, she probably was being stingy and... I wouldn't be surprised if Winding Circle purposely tries to keep this fee small because they don't seem like a big for-profit thing. (laughs) Um, But it's also very clear that she's poor. Even that small fee may have been difficult for her. No, it's... get screwed over, over and over and over. And it's usually the same people because she got screwed over because she was poor. And so she dumped the magic in the sewer and the next people who get screwed over are also the poor nobody really wanted to do anything about it until it started affecting the people that had more money yeah it, it was a hush hush oh we're just gonna kind of just tend to them until they all die off until someone with some money got sick and they were like oh now it's a big deal we have to- there is so much inequality and and this is one of the things I love about Pierce's writing is she doesn't shy away from the infrastructure that creates the inequality. Yeah. In instances like this, you see it intimately that the poor people just keep getting poorer and the rich people just keep getting richer. The people with power get more of it at the expense of others i don't know if this one is really one but uh i feel like a lot of people know about covid but they're like ah it's not gonna affect me until it affects somebody that they are close to and rose thorn obviously is really close to briar he knows already that it can happen to people in his own life but i know with covid a lot of people are just like oh, it won't affect me until somebody they know actually does get it. And even having actually tended the sick and lost Flick, I think Rosethorn getting it is still different for Briar. I was going to say, it's also seeing Crane. Mm. Crane is, I mean, like, Crane obviously knows this is a big deal. This is heavy. But we see how often he tosses people out. I think we touched on... At one point that this helps create errors because nobody is capable of going, oh, I made this mistake. I'm going to not do that again. He lightens Mm -hmm. up because of the fact that he now has someone he is intimately associated with get sick. So now he has more of a stake in it. And so it kind of changes his attitude as well. So I think that's a very valid, very valid statement of 
I don't know. And in the very beginning of this book, he was also like, Rose Thorn can defeat anything. She's super awesome. Nothing can hurt her. And then here we see Rose Thorn catching the pox. I feel like this might be the time to bring up that Brittany said he's like, oh, Rose Thorn's great. She can, she's awesome. She can defeat anything. And Brittany was like, something bad's going to go down. <laughs> I, see this, I see this from a mile away. I feel like this is also a good moment to bring up that Goodwin in that conversation said something like, she can't even protect herself. Yep. Really hope that that guy is not still out in the workroom area somewhere where everybody that has got kicked out or like hanging out because Briar's going to try to come after him. Briar oh, is gonna, yeah. They're going to like invite him. When he comes to our table during lunch, like, I'm going to murder you. I'll meet you there. <laughs> The last one that I found was Smiling Under the Masks. I don't remember what section it was. was somebody saw someone trying to smile. and Oh, they were mind speaking. And then uh, she he was telling her that she looked tired. And she's like, you could at least lie to me and tell me that I look okay. <laughs> and then yeah. she, she smiled at him. Yeah. And so clearly with us wearing masks in public like you have to, when you smile you have to smile you have to smile with your eyes yeah you have to just go yeah you, like you have to make yourself look as stupid as possible to, to, to prove that you yeah to be like i'm amused part 1 is reading like a novice this is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about this chapter. I think we all disliked that Rose Thorne got sick. <laughs> I was going to say, I know what part we all disliked. Because <laughs> yes. I, I can tell you right now. Uh, tea. Being given the reverence of coffee. Yes. And this in the setting. You know, people working hard. They need their caffeine. I guess they don't know or haven't found coffee. So tea, tea it is. I, this is both a like and a dislike. I liked it from like a leading perspective, but I didn't like what it was. But the little hints that Rose Thorn has been sick, like the headache and the fact that she's been losing weight, not healing herself, but feeling as she she hasn't been able to really rest. They're little hints, but like I don't think that we noticed and Briar didn't notice either. But yeah, it's clear that she's been sick for a little bit and it's just now really you know, kind of rearing its head of how, how bad it is. I really love the quote, the death of hundreds from a pursuit of wealth and a reluctance to spend. I will touch more on that later. <laughs> I love how concise and elegantly that's put. I also really just kind of like Briar and Nico's interactions. We don't really see those two together much. Now, granted, we see those two together more than we say, like, Daja and Nico, because I think we've had a whole two scenes in the entire quartet with those two alone, and one of which is, you know, her getting exiled. So I just, I really love those two and their, their snarky little back and forth. Yeah, can we please point out that this conversation includes Briar saying, you sound like Crane, and Nico's like, oh god, anything but that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Also, the put, bringing you here was the best idea I've ever had. Oh, I almost cried <laughs> at that. I almost bawled. Like, I had to, like, pause and, like, 
Oh, that was so sweet. Okay, got to take a break. Deep breath. I know. When was the last time you seen Nico be sweet? You know, like right, right. Really lecturing the kids, like now, now, listen here, do what we tell you. (laughs) The old finger wag, but that was really nice. Honestly, do like the interaction with uh, Rose Thorn and Crane towards the end of her being in the uh, greenhouse of where he's like him basically being like I can't really replace you but it's in like very short words and there's context there and you have to understand that their relationship is complicated at best (laughs) he actually does give a fuck somewhere under that drama (laughs) poor Rosethorn just can't catch a break this book right I also do like that he's like, if it's any consolation, Lark is gonna murder me. I love that one. <laughs> She's gonna kill me for letting this happen. <laughs> well, you took my first one of when uh, Briar tells Nico he sounds like Crane. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then him telling him, bringing him here was the best thing ever. Like, I literally almost bald I was like he started off as this little street urchin who wasn't gonna amount to anything and probably would die within the next couple months to a year now look at him he's here helping solve the blue pox he's come up they will make a proper mage out of him yet (laughs) this wasn't really a like when Crane refuses to call Triss by Triss, even though Triss is asked so many times <laughs> to be called by Triss, right? It made me think of Indy for sure. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, I that that's a part that I will always just feel like a slight tinge of frustration towards. I know I constantly have to correct people. My next one is when Osprey tells Briar, if uh, Triss wasn't already master gold eye student, I'd be plenty worried. Believe me. He didn't even want her in there <laughs> in with. And now he's like, you're, you're somebody else's or you would be mine. <laughs> you're mine. And you know, we have talked about how Nico hasn't necessarily done very well by Triss because he's been so busy maybe if he had shared her with Crane he should have yes I agree he might have gotten a better education yeah yeah when he was busy she could still instead of just reading books which I'm sure she loves reading the books like yeah you can be taught by him while (laughs) I'm away and whenever I come back you can come back work with me yeah because Crane's no slouch and, no. then, and we've seen the last three books that the kids don't get along well with Crane. This could have, you know, helped bridge that. Yeah, exactly. I agree so much. When Crane says, I need you here. And Briar's like, did I really just hear Crane say this? Crane who hates me? That Crane is saying that he needs me? What world am I in? <laughs> and then he talks about how all the good qualities that Briar has. It was like, oh my goodness. So sweet. 
I still don't know how I feel about Craig. <laughs> like he has his moments, but other moments like you're an asshole. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then he can, the duality of man. <laughs> I think he's a Gemini. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, as 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 a chosen Gemini, I take offense to that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, just because you're right doesn't mean you should say it. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last one is when Rose Thorne says, that's my boy. Like, oh, she's his mommy. And she basically just called him her son. It's like, oh, heart melting. Hopefully that's not the last words that she's going to get to say to him. I will be devastated if she fucking dies. I love it. Uh, time Rose Thorne calls Briar her boy. It just makes me so damn happy. I'm going to continue if she dies. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm sure Briar's thinking the same thing right now. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. He's like, we got to get through this real quick. We have three keys. We need 33 more. Nobody gets any sleep. We're staying here. So get them all done. I can't let Rose Thorne die too. Especially since he already feels guilty about Flick dying. Yeah. He feels like it's his fault. So he didn't do enough to save her. And he has the opportunity. To do so now. To do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really rough for him. I like that the greenhouse at some point is referred to as Crane's Realm. (laughs) Right? I mean, it is. It it really is. I love the specificity. It is it is his domain and he is the emperor of drama within his realm. I'm just picturing a plant throne and him being draped across it. <laughs> just lounging. Welcome. <laughs> and I also wrote that it's weird to see everybody working so well together. Like crazy. <laughs> and Triz and they're all like getting along and helping each other and and you know Nico comes back and he's like well I have to go handle this other shit and Crane's like you said I could have Triss and Nico's like well that depends because I know she's been through a lot she might need to rest and Triss is like nope I'm ready I'm ready let's <laughs> go <laughs> and, just, and then I literally wrote and there's Crane being an asshole again yep. <laughs> yep. he gives Triss the notebook and he's like please copy the notes of this female. And so I wrote, I wonder how he would have acted if that mage had been a guy. Because it just, to me, it sounds kind of sexist. I get that, like, he just despises this person so much for what she's done that he doesn't want to say her name. But if it had been a guy that had dumped magic into the sewer and made everybody sick, would he have been like, the male. Oh, and then again, Crane. I just, I guess, all most of my notes from this chapter are about Crane. The way he reacts when he realizes Rosethorn has the pox. Rosethorn's very calm, and he is too. They're both like, we're aware that this is serious, but we're also aware that we have to remain calm. And then also before that, just before that, when she's like, I'm not hungry, and he looks at her and he's like, you know better than that. They're rivals, but I love that he's really taking care of her. 
Their relationship is complicated at best. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine that if it had been the other way, Rose Thorn would have been similar. You know, if he, oh yeah, not For hungry, sure. Rose Thorn would have been like, uh, fuck no, I will force food down your throat if I have to. <laughs> I will throw you in the well and your food after you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that both Lark or both Rose Thorn and Crane are correct about the greenhouse because Rose Thorn talks about how. Like they don't grow as well. Like plants don't grow as well because they don't get the chance to sleep and all this. And she's grumbling about it, even though she's like taking power from the plants in the greenhouse. But Crane points out, well, there's a lot of tropical plants that don't sleep. They flower all year round. And this place for them, they have no idea that they are not in their home environment. I think Brittany mentioned the part right before this where Crane says, like, that he needs Briar. But I really like how Rose Thorne's like, no, Briar, you have to stay here because you're good at this and you know how to do it. And if you leave, then he's going to get somebody else in and they're not going to know how to do it. So Crane's going to shoo them out. And then it's just going to be a string of people who never get the chance to, like, really learn it. And no, no progress is going to be made. And Crane is like, I take offense at that. And Osprey is like, she's right. <laughs> that is exactly how this would go down. <laughs> I love that Lark winks at Briar when she comes to get Rosethorn. And when Crane calls Osprey in and he's like, okay, I need you here. Her absolute shock at, wait, what? You're going to have me do this? Is so similar to Briar and Rosethorn. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What themes did y'all find in this chapter? Calm before the storm. Yes. Yes. They're joking around. They're, you know, I mean, while it's being serious, they're having at least some kind of semblance of fun while this is going on. No, everything was going so good. Yeah. And then, like, it's going to be smooth now. Somebody already died. We're good. And then, we're good. No. Rose Thorn gets the disease. I'm like, oh, she. She tricked me again, damn it. <laughs> That's the big shift in this book. We have a lot of interaction with the Blue Pox, with them being quarantined in the very first half of the book, and then Flick dying and all of this. Like, We have a lot of very intimate knowledge of how the Pox works. Even all of that... Is just build up until that moment. That's when the storm hits. That is the big turning point of this book is when Rose Thorne gets sick. That's the climax, right? Right yep. near the end. And then you get a couple of chapters to. And this, this hits really hard. When you said it was hard, I thought we'd already gotten through the rough stuff at the very beginning. It's like, okay, we're good now. The rough stuff already happened. We are fine. The theme that I found was perseverance. Briar, after accidentally dropping the slate and, you know, expecting to get chewed out and kicked out by, by Crane, he kind of he, he gives him, I don't want to say a second chance, but he basically gives him a break. He's like, hey, you need to stay here because you know what you're doing, but you need to go do something else right now. Like, go pick up some stuff while we clean up. Briar, not just, like, leaving. He kind of waited to see what would happen. The, the big one was Briar having to continue working while Rose Thorn is sick. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to be with Rose Thorn. He wants to try to keep her not safe, but he, he wants to take care of her. But he knows that he can't because he is much more useful in that lab setting trying to cure this whole thing rather than taking care of one person. And that's a tough thing to think about. But, you know, after talking with Rose Thorn, he decides that he is going to stay there and do his best and try to fix it for, for everyone. I wrote down, I'm basically going to read this verbatim. I don't know how to describe this, but the kindness and care that come through honesty, it's like family, that closeness with which you can speak honestly and openly to one another. And this allows you to get more accomplished. Come to think of it, I think this is why we come to like Crane in this book. And I have no other way to describe that, so I can't elaborate any further. (laughs) 
Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. My magic directly connects with my theme because I wrote, I would say my magic is the same. We all need to develop this kind of honest care with people. It makes our lives better. And then I wrote, LOL, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Hey! <laughs> nice. Someone else said it. <laughs> yeah, basically, I want to work on being able to develop that kind of kindness and honesty, because it's not just pure honesty, but it's also like the care that comes through honesty. Because you can be honest and also be brutal to someone, or you can be honest, like saying, Rose Thorn, you need to go home because you're caring for them. And that kind of, you know what, I'm not going to pull my punches on this because I care about you. I want to develop that. Mine is when Briar is begging to go with Rose Thorn instead of staying and working. I feel like I can do that too. I find out something happens. I want to be there for that person and do whatever I can. Sometimes it's better for me to be not there. And sometimes you need to know your place and what would be better, more beneficial toward what is going on. I don't always do that. Mine was uh, very similar. It was uh, putting the needs of the most amount of people versus my own. It's basically the exact same passage there where if you're capable of helping a lot of people, or saving one, and, and this, this is kind of an ethical dilemma. How do you choose? But for me, it, uh, the answer seems to be try to help as many people as possible as opposed to helping one. That really brought me back to, I don't remember what chapter it was in this book, um, but where I believe it was Henna uh, was helping, was healing people, but she realized that she couldn't exert all her energy doing that. She had to save some for herself to be able to help people instead of healing a couple of people completely, she can help every a lot more people a little bit. Trying to keep that in mind and doing the best that I can for the most amount of people versus saving one. I can't say I've been put in that situation or anything. I want to try to remember to do the best I can for the most amount of people. It, you worded that a lot better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> What's the life of one in comparison of thousands? I don't know. I kind of felt that way a little bit about whenever Lark was going to try to bring Rosethorn to the house until I realized, oh, it's not going to be contagious as much for the kids. I was like, why are you going to bring her into the house? You could get the kids sick and that wouldn't be good. As much as we love Rosethorn, it probably wouldn't be good for her to be there. But if there's no... Uh, risk factor then yeah she should go home but when I first saw that I was like no why why are you doing that you can't do that so I suppose it is time for me and mine actually ties in with y'all's the indie soapbox the death of hundreds from a pursuit of wealth and a reluctance to spend we live in a society where people who have money have all the power there's a lot of people that directly and indirect directly affected by these people who have like 1% of the wealth. So many people who are affected by this. And, you know, I say eat the rich all the time. It's super relevant. 
because someone used a uh, graph for uh, Jeff Bezos' wealth. That man could single-handedly feed every homeless person that is in the U.S. currently. He could buy them a house, not, not, not a family. Each individual person could buy them their own house. This man could single-handedly make the lives of millions of people better, but chooses not to. What is the worth of one life in comparison to thousands? We are a self-serving country. We, as a country, are more self-centered and self-serving that we don't typically look at the needs of all of the people that we can affect. I said this tied in with y'all because of the fact that everybody has the power to affect everyone that they come in contact with every day. Like, it doesn't matter if it's just some person you walk across at the store going and getting milk. You have the power to affect that person. We have to learn as a society to make that a positive interaction and that a positive effect on someone. And I know that I have a lot of anger issues I've worked on over multiple years. But I know that if I'm in a bad mood and I go to the store, I get snippy and frustrated and impatient. Me being all of those things could genuinely affect someone else's day. I don't know how true it is. I don't know how much weight it really carries. But there was a comment that I read once that really just hit home is there are people who are thinking about suicide and all of that, and then someone walking down the street smiled at them. And they were like, well, maybe the world isn't awful. It's that power of something so small that can affect so many people. need a little bit more love in the world. (laughs) Still just a little bit. That reminds me a lot of when I first became an RA in college. I went to a big national conference for RAs and like people, other people who did residence hall programming and stuff like that. One of the people there had a story that when he was an RA, there was this one student who he worked with who was just kind of like always kept to himself and never really talked to anybody or anything. And every time he saw that student, he would greet him by name and he would be like, good morning, John, or whatever his name was. And then like three quarters of the way into the school year, John comes and knocks on his door and says, hey, can I talk to you? And reveals that he's actually been thinking about killing himself because this RA just greeted him by name. Every time he saw him, he was like, well, maybe that's somebody who actually cares about me and like might want to help me. So he was actually able to help the student get him to counseling and everything just because he made a difference by, by saying hello every day. Little magic. (laughs) A little magic goes a long way. 
is an excerpt from chapter 12 of Briar's book. What are you working on? Asked Rosethorn, holding out a thin hand. Daja jumped, startled. She had thought Rosethorn was asleep. When the woman's fingers twitched, demanding, she blushed and passed her work over. She had been trying to shape copper wire to combine the signs for health and protection. She'd wanted to put in a brass circle and hang it above the bed. For some reason, though, when she added her magic, the metal twisted, jumping out of the pattern. Rosethorn eyed the design. Interesting. It might work better as a plant. If Briar built a trellis in this shape, we could grow ivy on it. You know why I hate plagues? The girl hesitated, confused by the abrupt change of subject. That was the fever, she realized. It made Rosethorn's mind skip about. Why? Daja asked. Most disasters are fast and big. You can see everyone's life get overturned when yours did. Houses are smashed, livestock's dead, but plagues isolate people. They shut themselves in, inside while disease takes a life at a time, day after day. It adds up. Whole cities break under the load of what was lost. People stop trusting each other because you don't know who's sick. How did you get in with Crane? Daja inquired, curious, picking apart diseases. It was a game, Rosethorn confessed. I was sent here to complete my novitiate. Crane was a novice too. We were the best with plants. A lady was visiting one day and I worked out the ingredients in her perfume before Crane did. Except he wasn't Crane then. He was just Isis, like I was Neva. Her eyelids started to droop, a sign she was tiring. Daja poured a cup of willow bark tea and gave it to her. Rosethorn sipped, made a face, and continued. We just went on from there. We'd make sense and give the other a day to figure out what was used and the amount. Then we worked out the ingredients and stews, and the dyes for the complex weavings that came in from Aliput, then medicines, and then diseases. The temple sent us both to Lightsbridge for three years. I hated it. All those books and dead chemicals, powders, nothing alive. And they made so much of him as a count's son. She finished her tea and eased herself back. So arrogant. So good at what he does. He's been a burr between my toes for years. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I mean, I probably should have said I'm eating my feelings, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a great thing to do. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.